we choose our lives. We choose where we're going to go and who's going to be part of our next life journey. And we come in to evolve and grow in every way imaginable. And we've got tools to make magic happen. Soul contracts include soulmates, twin flames, siblings, and might we choose our parents? Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Diner, a live stream about consciousness, personal growth, manifesting all things spiritual, learning to love yourself, expanding community, and so much more. <laughs> and each week, we prepare a well-thought-out menu of fresh and healthy perspectives to nourish your mind, body, and spirit as we move along on this dinery journey called life. I am Vash Bodhi. I am a journalist, a manifester, a healer, but I like to say coach, recipient of messages from a spirit guide and keeper of sacred contracts. I'm Tammy Reyes, teacher and intuitive, a hopeful dreamer of a world full of love that involves luxury travel and lots of hugging of furry animals. <laughs> Today, we welcome you to Spiritual Diner. Today's special is almost ready. I lost where we are. Well, we are at the beginning of Spiritual Diner. We're, we're going to be talking about soul contracts, and talking in this about episode, our soul family and all so much more. Font, Bosch. It's where I didn't make the font big, but I'm with you. So in this episode, we are serving up a big old platter of soul contracts and we're chowing down with our soul family. That's it, right? If you are new here, be sure to subscribe so that you're always getting alerted of new Spiritual Diner episodes and you'll know what's on the menu. And Bosch, <clears throat> yes. there is no finer diner in all the cosmos. You <laughs> <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so today we have soul contracts. So soul contract agreements made soul or souls before we incarnate into this world. Now, these agreements are made with anyone that we connect with in a meaningful, usually powerful way. And soul contracts, sometimes called pre-birth agreements, contain all of the details of our lives, including, <clears throat> pardon, including after we pass, we return to the source. You can call that in between lives, God or heaven, another dimension but the place we go when we pass or die. And when we're there, we create and we decide the details of our next life. And that includes future life experiences and the people that are going to be part of those life experiences. Our soul contracts, sometimes it could be called sacred contracts also, contain the life lessons that we choose to learn when we come into the earth. Now, these life lessons help us evolve and develop in a way that is best for our individual, spiritual, and energetic growth. And there's three main kinds of lessons that we come in to learn. There are karmic cycles. Sometimes I call them karmic lessons, but we're going to go with karmic cycles. There are soulmate contracts and there are twin flame contracts. So let's talk about a karmic cycle. Karmic cycles are themes. Here we go. Karmic cycles is a 
I'm, I'm going to go with this one. Sorry, I just can't see that. But a karmic cycle are themes and situations that we didn't learn before. And we're coming back into this lifetime to finish those lessons with people or certain situations. So a karmic cycle is something that we come in hopefully to clear. So it's a, if it is a difficult relationship, job situation, a karmic lesson gives us the opportunity to move that out. And we talked before about how this is a special time in our life, in the universe, where we can clear karmic cycles just by saying, I want this karmic cycle out. So um, think of lots of examples of finishing karmic cycles with people and jump in, Bosch, if, if you've got one too. But I'm thinking of one particular person and um, the relationship was always so fraught with um, just not on the same page. It was very toxic. And so in this lifetime, thank goodness, I had the opportunity to remove that person from lifetime after lifetime. I released that karmic cycle. And so karmic cycles give us the chance to move stuff out that we don't want to uh, have anymore. Yeah. Wow. You've said so much that I, you know, that we should really unpack and, and talk about. Like, firstly, like when we die, like what happens to our spirit, right? Like, I don't think that we've ever really gotten into that. And I know uh, next week, which I don't want to necessarily get too much into until we get to the end of this particular show. But as spirits, you know, I have a very different belief, I think, than what you may have about what happens. I believe that we go, I mean, you said the source or to heaven or wherever else other people think that we may go. I just think we go back to the energy that is the, the universe. Is that what you mean by going back to source? Absolutely. That's it. Cool. Cool. I just want to make sure that, it, you know, everybody who's listening um, really does get that whole good understanding <clears throat> Yes, because uh, it's it's so different for everybody. So lately I've been going with the word source because I think it considers those that have a religious affiliation happens after they die and those that have um, an understanding or expectation but not necessarily a religious belief. Exactly, exactly. Because we want everyone to understand here at the Spiritual Diner that all are welcome. Um, yeah, and cycles, especially karmic cycles and karmic... So we are in this great space, you know, and as that people are realizing, as I've, we've talked about before, and a friend of mine, my friend Judy Henderson, hi Judy, because I know you're watching eventually, uh, wants to talk about that with regards to the Buddhist religion and being able to always be able to chant and get rid of some of that karmic energy and that bad karma, being able to release that because, you know, that's always been the case. And it's good that we're teaching people that they can do that, period, right? And there's so many different ways of being able to do that. Yeah. Um, with regards to like being able to let go of some of these karmic cycles, it's super powerful to be able to do that, but it's yeah. also super powerful to go through and get those lessons, right? Because yes. if we've said that we wanna have that growth as a soul, if we let go of some of those cycles, how does that soul then do or learn that lesson? Mm -hmm. Or is that the lesson to have yeah. the power to let go? Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, speaking from um, experience, there comes a time where you just realize that you're in a no-win situation. Mm -hmm. So why come back lifetime after lifetime to have your butt kicked by someone that treats you badly using a person in, in this example? Sure. And so I know what happened is, <laughs> um, I'm a little slow, but better late than never. A light bulb went on a few years ago and I realized, dang, this person is really toxic. Right. And I started to learn about that, about the dynamics of this toxicity that this person held. And then it was like, I felt, oh man, that really explains a lot. Right, right. <laughs> and I felt freer. And, and shortly after that, I came out of the psychic closet and started psychic readings with Tammy. And then we started brainstorming um, spiritual diner and so on. So 
I think that paying attention to the karmic cycle, being mm -hmm. able to target into the kar karmic cycle you're working on and acknowledge that you're done with it, instead of coming back lifetime after lifetime, you can just be done with it. That's kind of good to know. Yeah, yeah. And speaking from experience and going through some cycles myself, I've learned that sometimes it's a matter of trying a different tactic, learning a different skill to then get past those cycles and or working through it to then meet people or uh, challenges in a new way that then help to free you to go on to then do other and better things. Because we're always going to be uh, confronted with situations, um, challenges that we always have to grow from, right? Uh, so it's interesting to look at those karmic cycles to get the karmic lessons and then how do we go about doing them? And it's one of those things where it's, it's so individual as we go through them. But I think as long as the goal is to learn uh, and to evolve that it's all good. Yes. And I've found, <clears throat> pardon me, I got a little frog in my throat, but <laughs> ribbit. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just move on. Oh, the karmic okay. stuff. Um, I find it helpful when I'm just stuck, like I'm thinking of this toxic person that I ended the relationship with just three years ago. And when I was at the place where I just couldn't what to do next, like you suggested, we're always going through this toolbox and trying to work through it. But um I really saw that there was no way to win. So I asked spirit, which usually works for me. I asked my guides and angels and my team, help, what do I do? How do I, how do I look at this? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm at a wall. I don't know what to do. And it was to me, she showed me, <laughs> she gave me the gift of showing how truly toxic. And oh, wow. You've frozen. Wow. Well, uh, you're going to bounce back into the stream, I believe. So one of us is frozen. Uh, but when you come back, we're going to get the rest of the story that you've had from your karmic lesson and how you've gotten through and worked through it. Uh, you froze for a little bit of time. Did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how energy, you know, in other episodes, we've talked about energy. And I think specifically in this time right now, that we as spiritual beings, when we get excited, we affect <laughs> the energy around us. And I could tell that this was something that was extremely important to you. And all of a sudden you froze. <laughs> That's just truly, truly amazing. So that happens to me all the time. I will lose a phone call. Uh, devices will shut off. Um, I was actually in a car with someone who had a Prius. It was someone I was dating and something happened and I got super excited in the way that I know when that happens, things happen. And as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, I hope nothing. And then the car shut off and we were on the freeway. We were on Anyway, in Los Angeles and the car, the Prius shut off. So there we were stuck for a while. I had to really seriously clear the energy, clear, like relax and calm down. And then the car started again. So I just want to acknowledge and honor <laughs> that what you were about to say was serious and the energy that you have around it is super duper duper serious. So, <laughs> I, you know, I honor that. I honor that. I believe that there are technology gods we could talk about that another day. And I think there's concert gods too, because <laughs> I've had such blessed luck with, with concert situations, but technology gods are new to me. And before we started and I did a prayer for us, I didn't include them. So we're acknowledging technology gods now, let us be free of technology woes. So um, in short with karma, if you don't like a relationship or a situation, that is a red flag that it is a karmic lesson and pooper get off the pot, do something about it. And if you're at a loss with what to do, ask spirit, 
ask your guides because this is the perfect opportunity to clear all that stuff and move on to a happier space. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, we're gonna talk about uh, our parents and if we choose our parents and things. Um, so, cause I had to work through karmic stuff with my mom before she passed away, right? Like, I mean, I was yes. very much here to, to do exactly that. And yes. there were times when it felt insurmountable and it felt like there was never, ever, ever gonna be resolution. But as we mm -hmm. talked about in the very, very first episode, not only was there resolution and so much incredible growth, but it became such a springboard for me in so many various and different ways. So, And remember when we were little and we complain about our parents in different ways? <laughs> it's like none of that stuff matters. I don't even mm -hmm. remember what we were complaining. Well, I probably can remember, but I don't even remember what we were <laughs> complaining about because our um our relationship changes we change we grow and it's interesting and i don't mean to be braggadocious nobody's better than anybody else mm -hmm. but when we consider our parents and our relationship with our parents and i know you and i are on a mission to evolve and grow and and share stuff that we learn but our parents might not be in that place that might not be the agreement that they made before we all came in together and so i think it's important to keep that in mind, because at least for me, it helped me to not be so critical of my parents, because I know everyone's doing the best that they can, and it's mm -hmm. certainly a hard job. Thus, you and I opted out of that. And so I guess be gentle as we conclude our karmic relationships and ties with people, and our parents do hold a special place. <laughs> most but, definitely, most definitely. I, I hope you remember what I said about my parents, because I don't well, I, I, I can probably remember a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just stuff that reflected we, we were young and didn't know what's going on. I don't think we were in a place yet where we could put ourselves in our parents' shoes. <laughs> exactly. And we have always been, uh, I don't want to say rebellious, but free spirits in a world that did not necessarily always um, acknowledge, support that free spiritness. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. And part of our reason that we're doing spiritual diner is to plant those seeds that have been growing ever since we were little and were the basis of our conversations. But we just didn't know that eventually we would end up sharing positivity and sharing the things that work for us as a way to uplift others through spiritual diner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. My goal is to make people realize they are magic and to strengthen their magic for sure. For sure. And cool. Wow. What a divergence from just talking about karmic lessons and cycles. Right it's all on. good. And yeah, we got yeah, soulmates. Yeah. Soulmates are part of our soul contracts when we come in. So a soulmate is someone that you feel you're and your graphic may be a wee bit different than mine, but we're saying the same thing. Soulmates are someone that when you meet, you feel an instant connection with. It's like you've known them for a long time and you have a relationship that's not needy. It's very balanced and supportive because a soulmate relationship should challenge you to be able to move forward instead of um, move forward from a place of selfishness to a place of giving. And so our soulmates, those people that are part of our tribe, that resonate with an equal energy and vibration are the people we feel safe with. And they also are the people that we made soul contracts with to come in and assist each other. I got lots of soulmates. Can you think of your soulmates? You got lots too, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th definitely, definitely. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, how I know that there's either soulmates um, or other connections in that soul realm um, when we start talking a little bit later. But yeah, it's it's nice when you have someone who is a soulmate. That connection is just so powerful. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but um, back in my teaching days, mm -hmm. um, I always kind of felt on the outside of um, what everybody else was doing. And um, 
And it was hard because I felt misunderstood by administration and other teachers. In retrospect, they just um, weren't up to par. They didn't have the same amount of um, verve and energy toward teaching. But in those difficult situations, there was always one or two people at my school site that was a soulmate. There was always one or two, maybe a handful, that as soon as we our eyes met or we passed in the hall, it was kind of like a little support system. We know that we're on the same page. We're there for each other. And so a lot of times soulmates show themselves when you're in that difficult situation. And maybe they're going to show themselves forever, like my girlfriend, Raina, um, uh, was a teacher at a school that was just a horrible school. And we're still buddies to this day. But some of those teachers um, that were also my soulmates, we've just moved on. People grow apart, not in a bad way, no negativity attached. We just move on. But we were soulmates for a while. So soulmates can be with us for the whole journey, or they just come at certain times of our life when needed. Well, the cool thing about having and or being a soulmate is that that energy is always there, right? It doesn't really depend on your actual physical geography as much as it does that relationship. I mean, because you and I, you know, we've known each other since high school. And there are moments and times, because we also have other friends we've known since high school, there are times when we reconnect and it is as if no time has passed and you're still connected to the spirit that you know so well, you know the basis of all of their foundational um, journeys that they've taken. And at their core, there's still that same person that you know, you love, you trust, you can almost still finish each other's sentences in certain ways. Um, so. I think that's a really good point. You pick up where you left off when you're soulmates. Exactly. And you don't see or dwell on a lot of little negative aspects that may uh, perturb us about people. It's maybe that we don't, we may see it, but it doesn't matter. It's, it just doesn't matter because we see that person for who they are. And there's that comfortableness of being a soulmate. So yeah, that's good. I like that idea of when we connect, it's like there was no time lost at all. And it's fun. And it's <laughs> it also always that. Yes. Yes. And it's always that support of being connected. Yeah. So soulmates. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just thinking of all these different people now that are soulmates now that the wheels are turning. Right. And, right. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but in addition to soulmates, when we make our soul contracts, we've got this thing called twin flames. And oftentimes twin flames gets mixed up with soulmates, but they're two different things. So a twin flame is just an intense soul connection with someone thought to be the person's other half. So twin flames are thought of as one soul sharing two bodies. And this relationship is very, very rare. So I mentioned that when people come for readings, they often misinterpret um, soulmate and twin flame. And a lot of them will say, when am I going to meet my twin flame? I need my twin flame. But it's not that simple. Twin flame relationship, a twin flame karmic cycle is really, really rare. <laughs> and it looks like this. Two people come together and right away it's electric. They're like hot for each other and you know they want to get along. There's a lot of sexual energy, but there's also this emotional connection that's very deep and hard to understand. And those relationships are also are always fraught with some kind of challenge. You know, maybe one's a cheater or can't make a commitment or I don't know, as a gambling problem or whatever. There's something that keeps them at odds, that keeps them from making that full connection to be committed to each other. And so twin flames drift apart. They move on to other relationships and experiences, all to bring them back to the idea that they want their twin flame. And so once they've gone through all of that work and heartache, they reconnect with their twin flame where they are bonded forever. Now I'm trying to think of people that represent that twin flame karmic cycle, but 
I'm not sure that I could come up with any. I kind of came up with a creepy one. Maybe you've got a better one. <laughs> we like creepy. <laughs> well, it's so rare. Okay. You know, um, and maybe that idea of twin flames is on a continu continuum as well. You know, maybe I'm thinking of a couple um, that are friends of ours. And maybe they're twin flames, but then I see the humanness from both of them and think they're not twin flames they're just people that have been married a long time and get on each other's nerves so it's <laughs> not clear to me um who those twin flame relationships are right. but here's the creepy one that might be a twin flame but i'm i'm open to um suggestions on this um a long time ago there was this school teacher i think her name was something like mary Kay letourneau or something and I believe she taught sixth grade. She had four kids and a husband, but she started getting along with one of her sixth grade students that was maybe 12 or so. And she left her family for this boy and she got pregnant twice. She made two babies with this youngster and she also went to jail for it. She was in jail for, you know, Pervin. And when she got out, they immediately hooked up and were solid but soon after that they had trouble and she got cancer and died so i was wondering if that time away um in jail if all of those lives that were so deeply affected are elements of a twin flame i don't know because like i said it's a little bit creepy mm -hmm. but twin flames are so rare i'm open to see what other people think are twin flame relationships or give examples of them Okay, I would like to say a couple of things. One, maybe I don't like creepy as much as I said that I did, <laughs> because that was a lot. Um, two, as we try to unpack this whole notion of, you know, soul contracts, karmic cycles, um, et cetera, to look at that to see what could possibly have been the, yes. the contract, right? Maybe yes. it was the children, right? Yeah. Uh, which we will try to dissect a little bit later. Um, but jumping back into twin flames, first of all, thank you for that definition. Very, very good. Um, I hope whoever's watching got something out of that. The notion that they are so rare, first of all, is really important, right? Because, uh, I hear about twin flames so much and for people to think that they're really common, uh, is, is good to know Two, if they're supposed to be like one soul that already sets up a journey that is not going to be fulfilling and satisfying because that means that there's always going to be one trying to grow in some way that doesn't necessarily keep them together it almost sounds like it is a recipe for disaster so i would probably be way more looking for a sexy soulmate than a twin flame is does that ever come up in your practice <laughs> i mean because you know i you know hey we are here to try yes. to feed your soul here at spiritual diner so i really want to make sure that we explore this yes choose the sexy soulmate who wants all that drama exactly right? don't you want to come together in a positive way and even though i've been doing readings for 30 years i totally don't get the one soul shared by two different bodies. I, I just don't fully understand that. And so I'll just leave it as it's really rare. And if viewers or anybody has a suggestion of who emulates that model of the twin flame, I, I'd like to know. <laughs> you know what? Actually, absolutely. Regardless of when you're watching this, if you think you have a twin flame situation that you want to explore, you can either send us an email because our email address, let me put that into the comments. You can email us at spiritualdiner at gmail because I don't think we have set up our um, website, spiritualdiner.com with our email yet. So send any emails you want to spiritualdiner at gmail.com. Eventually we will give you our spiritualdiner.com uh, email address. But for right now, let us know. We would love to hear what your situation is. And if we talk about it on the show, we promise to change your names. <laughs> <laughs> we promise. I can yes, guarantee definitely. that. Yeah, but it would be really interesting to explore it because 
if you're having an issue with the twin flame and we can help you out, uh, we would like to do that. Um, yeah. And if we can help you reclassify them as something that makes it easier <laughs> to deal with or can put you on the path to find a sexy soulmate, you know we're into that. <laughs> yeah. So we briefly touched on um, the three kinds of um, lessons that we choose to come in to um, overcome. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wonder if there's something particular that happens that makes us aware of our life lessons or a life lesson that we're currently working on. I wonder what viewers think about that. Like, is there something that happens that makes us realize, oh, this is a life lesson? Is it karmic? Am I dealing with a soulmate? How can I get to the bottom of it to evolve? That's really interesting that you had asked that question. Um, because I think that it is something that constantly, there are things that we're good at, there's things that we want to do, and there are things that continuously repeat themselves and bring themselves into our world, right? And I think that getting our life lessons is really connected to all of that. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, and to at least for us to not hone into that and think about that and apply it so we can grow. It's kind of like you're taking a class, but they never really teach you what the class is about. Right, right. It's very Montessori. <laughs> Life <laughs> is very Montessori. <laughs> I mean, but it, it, but it does come down to that. Uh, you know, up until now, we continue to tell you that self-reflection is some of the most powerful things that you can do, right? To really look at where you are in your life, mm -hmm. what things mm -hmm. have you said that you wanted or didn't want to do that are affecting what's happening. And then from that, you can be able to extrapolate your life lessons, what you're good at, what your journey should be, what some karmic cycles may be for you, what some karmic lessons may be for, for you. And then we want you to apply what we've already said about energy, seeing where it's going, the power of words that so you can actually manifest a solution and then release, <laughs> replace and receive <laughs> to continue on a, a very different journey for yourself. And there'll be a test at the end of this show to see if you've been paying attention to all the vocabulary that we're putting out. Because we are just dropping it to you like it's hot. <laughs> The good thing um, about this show is that people can go back and watch that and hear that sentence over and over and over again. And when you're doing your self-reflecting about the lessons that you're learning, you may take away that there was something you want to keep. You know, I love kids not making them. Or I mean, we're not having them. Uh, making them is fine. But I love kids. I want to go back. In another life, if I have to come back, I want to be a kindergarten teacher again. <laughs> so we may realize that there are certain things that are definitely part of us, and we want to include those in our soul contracts moving forward. I bet a lot of my kids, when I say my kids, my students, but I feel like they were mine. What's that about karmically? So um, I believe a lot of those kids came in as part of my learning especially the bad ones. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering, what are the things that happen that make us reflect upon our life lessons and go, oh, that's what that's about? Like, have you thought about your life lessons, Vash? Or is there a particular one you might be focusing on or realizing at this time? Absolutely. And I, I keep saying it, I, you know, I had a coaching session, uh, you know, I had a coach for a while. And through a process of events and things and discussions, I realized that my life purpose is to help people realize their magic, to help them tap into their ability to manifest. And it has been something that I've known since I was really small, that I was going to be involved in a huge evolution of the human condition. And once I embraced that, so many things started to happen and even as I look at my life right now, I'm perfectly poised to do that on so many different levels, including one that is so historic um, that, you know, it, it almost, you know, whenever I think about what it is that I'm doing, uh, it, it really rattles me uh, to my core. So 
yeah, I, you know, I definitely feel very connected to my life purpose. And part of what helps that really is our soul family, right? Once we, are, once we are connected to and know what our soul family is, and you want to say what a soul family is, your soul family is a group of people who you intuitively connect with on a deep level, who are then a part of your soul journey. They usually have soul contracts or sacred contracts with them, and you're you're connected. And you know there are definitely uh, so many. There's there's so much about soul families. You know they're different than your regular family. Sometimes yeah. people talk about them as being your chosen family. Uh, there's a belief that we incarnate with them over and over and over again because of agreements that we have, yeah. uh, that sense of familiarity that we may have. And they're really supportive in helping us become who and what we want to become. Yeah. And I, I, as we were preparing the show, we came across an article that talked about the different ways that you may know when you've encountered someone that is a part of your soul family. And uh, I, if, I just want to go through some of them, not all 12 of them, um, but one of them is really important. Like your eye contact is deep and engaging. Like when you first meet them, it seems to be clear that you've known them before and you're magnetically drawn to them. Another one is you kind of speak the same language, right? Um, it doesn't have to, what'd you say? Good one. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, number five is you feel as though you've known them your entire life, right? You've had relationships yeah. with yes. them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They appear at times when you need guidance or you need them the most. This one is super powerful. Uh, I've paid attention to this over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Whenever I have been in a place of turmoil or, or despair or even excitement, there are certain people that will always call me as if they know, as if they know. Um, uh, let me just jump to one more. Uh, Number eleven on this list, and I'll put the I'll put the article in in the chat. Uh, your soul feels nourished in their presence, and most importantly, you can be your real, authentic self around these people. Let me put this article into the chat. Yeah, um, one of my soulmates said to me some time ago, um, "I like your weirdness." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely. It's, it's an important uh, factor because you have to be able to be yourself around your soul family. Yeah. And our soul, we're soul family. You're mm -hmm. my little brother from another place in time. <laughs> um, but my neighbor's part of my soul family. My girlfriends are part of my soul family. And we didn't talk about this before, but I believe animals are part of our soul family. And I'm wondering what viewers think of that because... My experience is animals come from the angelic realm to teach us about love. And I know some of my biggest love relationships were with animals. And um, I think that they do play a part in our soul contracts and being part of our soul family. So just consider the fact that animals are part of our soul family. That is so incredibly important. Uh, and there's so many stories that people share uh, I know we like the Dodo uh, Facebook <laughs> group. Uh, they always share uh, videos of people with their their pets. And so many of those stories are about how an animal, and sometimes it's a crazy animal. Well, not a crazy animal, but it's sometimes an unexpected, unexpected. Uh, breed of animal that comes into someone's life at a time that they need it, whether they're grieving, whether they're super happy or what have it, what have you. Um, I think we would be remiss not to acknowledge the spirit of animals and how they find their way in. And those animals, you know, because of the lifespan of an animal, it's very short. They really do come in to help get over a, a hurdle. 
they do. Yes. Um, and I know for, the, for me, those animal losses are, are so heavy. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. Well, so animals can be part of our soul contract. And maybe one day we can do a little show about that. Cause I've got all kinds of stories about animals that, you know, me animal communication was the first thing that happened to me. It just took a long time to figure out what was going on. <laughs> and so, you're really good at it. Um, as a matter of fact, you've taught me things, so we should definitely do a thing on that. Yes, they, they are our teachers. And when you talk about uh, unexpected animals, mm -hmm. um, and, and then we'll move on. Um, my When I was in sixth grade, I saw this video about um, Lonesome George, who was the last Galapagos tortoise of his particular kind, because there's a lot of different variations of Galapagos tortoises. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was, but I just love that tortoise. And I just knew I have to have one. I've got to have one, but you can't have a Galapagos tortoise, you know? Right. So years later, <clears throat> um, I did dream boards. We've talked about those before, where um, when you set a goal and then you cut out all these pictures from magazines, you put all these images on a poster board or a large piece of paper, and you put it where you can see it and it represents your ideal. It represents what you wanna create for yourself. And on my dream boards, I had all these pictures of giant tortoises because it was just a fantasy to have a big tortoise. And then about 21 years ago, I was in a pet shop and I saw this little sulcata tortoise and he looked at me and he said, get me out. Get me out of here. <laughs> so now I've got this giant 150 pound plus animal that, you know, <laughs> is part of my soul family. Absolutely. So, yay, animals. Um, but siblings can be part of our soul family too. Mm -hmm. And in my experience with readings, people's, um, relationship with their siblings is one that comes back lifetime after lifetime, but not always as siblings. Often our siblings in past lives, from what I've experienced in readings, those siblings are warriors of some kind fighting some kind of a revolution or battle or movement, but they are together in a way that is fraught with danger and it builds this relationship where they become so connected that they do incarnate together lifetime after lifetime um a lot of not that i am knowledgeable on soldiers during wartime but i know that they build these bonds that is unique to them and their their group that they're in battle with and even though they're completely different kinds of people they have those connections with those people why some kind of karmic ties some kind of soul family i don't know but the role of siblings often in other lives You've been warriors fighting something together. So are you saying that they always come back as siblings or just that they're always somehow uh, connected into that soul family? They're always connected. Okay. They might not come back as um, our, our biological brother or sister. But mm -hmm. when we look at the relationship with our siblings into past lives, my experience is they've been together in really dramatic experiences like wartime. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And what if you don't have any siblings? <laughs> You've never been in war. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting concept to think that uh, your siblings, because a lot of times people don't get along well. Yes. Let's talk about that. S siblings sometimes can be challenging right uh there are many families where the sibling relationship is not as supportive which forces these people to go out to find a chosen family that often fills in that space so when you look at a karmic cycle and karmic lessons connected to siblings it's sort of amazing to think that they might somehow be uh so attached to you year and year and cycle after cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. It's really interesting because my brother and I never got along. I think when I was born, he just despised me from the get go. But now, <laughs> so why is it like that? Why do we have each other's back now? We, we're not 
we're not similar in any way except maybe a love of food and rush, but we're so completely different. But I see now why he's my brother, because we had to experience our parents and everything that that left us to deal with and grow from. And so now I get um, all the dynamics of my relationship with my brother. And I love my brother. <laughs> Lovely. I know your brother. Your brother's a great guy. Well, <laughs> I know your brother from high school and I always looked up to him. I thought he, I, you know, he was always cool Tom, um, uh, if I can say his real name. Yes. We don't have his last name, so it's good. It's good. It's good. That's right. So let's, I mean, we have a little bit of time. Let's talk about our parents since we talked about, um, mm -hmm. you know, our, our siblings. Uh, is it possible that we choose our parents? Uh, there are some cultures, many Native cultures, actually, like Native American, African, Greek, Indian, Tibetan, um, lots of indigenous people believe that we choose our parents and our families before conception as part of a soul or sacred contract to come in to uh, nurture us and to elevate us into another space. Um, you and I have yeah. talked about this before that we actually get a lot of the DNA from our ancestors. So there being this sort of notion of combining things in order to create the new is, definitely connected there yeah the first time i heard the idea that we choose our parents it felt so natural but mm -hmm. when i applied it to myself i thought whoa wait a minute <laughs> i must have made a mistake or been sleeping that day um and i remember my psychic teacher told me because i raised it, the question a few times why my parents you know what's, what's with my parents and she kind of frowned upon me putting that forth in in a negative way and now i get why <laughs> and now i totally understand why i chose my parents and i'm so grateful to them i know that i chose them because they were the exact people that had what it takes <laughs> to teach me the lessons that i needed to learn in this life particularly ending karmic cycles and when i ended karmic cycles with my parents one was challenging. The other, our whole relationship just fell into a very loving place and it was healing for both of us. And so I think it's important to consider that we chose our parents and what have we learned from our parents is another thing to consider. Absolutely. So uh, once we started really getting into this particular uh, episode I, and even preparing for my mom's obituary, uh, I had to do some research. And I found that there were so many specific coincidences that had to happen, one, for my parents to meet, two, for me to be born, three, for me to then like leave Philadelphia and go to the Philippines, which is where we met, to then become the person that I am now. And it's, you know, and the last thing I told my mom, which I don't know if I've even said this, was I told her that she did the right thing by letting me and my sister go move with my dad, uh, which I knew through family members had weighed on her super heavily. Yes, yes. And after that conversation where I told her that, she passed away three minutes later. Like, as soon as I said that, like, I could see a weight lifted and her acknowledging that she needed to hear that. So, you know, when I said at the beginning of the show that I'm a keeper of sacred contracts, I mean, I should have said I'm an acknowledger of sacred contracts because I truly think that that freed my mom's soul, let her know that the things and choices that she made were for the best. And, you know, who knows how that's going to show up in whatever happens to her next, as well as whatever happens to me next. Yeah, that's beautiful, Vosh. Because when you said that, um, I could feel her relief. I could feel her sigh of relief. And that's something I think we might not consider about our parents is they are aware of maybe things they could have done differently or maybe not, but it was the best they can do yet. They're still so weighted down with, uh, did I do the right thing? Did I hurt my kid? And so for you to tell her that, that was huge. 
that was huge and a big relief for her. And I know that it, it makes her happy. And she's just going, oh, like a weight is off. Yeah. I mean, I it's uh, it's important. And it was, you know, every time we do one of these shows, uh, you know, I really throw myself into not just what it is we're talking about, but how do I like run it through my life? And then how do I explain it to folks so that they can make choices that also help them help someone else yes. help us all. So yes. I hope yeah. that that was, you know. Yeah. And I hope that we planted a seed of how important our parents are mm -hmm. for our spiritual growth. And I, I just love in closing about the parents. I love my friends that have such close relationships with their children. And I think that you've done a good job as a parent if your kids want to be with you and they don't just avoid you. Mm -hmm. So I love those relationships where uh, the relationship with their parents was so solid that it led them to be a better person. And you can see that when it's a loving relationship with the parents. So. Yeah. And then um, sometimes souls return to the same family to finish uh, karmic lessons or things that have gone unresolved or things that they uh, haven't worked out yet. For example, maybe that person is your mother in this lifetime, but before they've been a sister or an aunt or mm -hmm. a father or you were the parent. So that's a dynamic that's really common and comes up a lot in readings is how our immediate family and parents have been with us before, but in other roles, like they're the kid, we're the parent and vice versa. Or, you know, like someone dies and then someone's born shortly thereafter. And that spirit is actually that person that comes back in and helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so fascinating. Right. Okay. And when we think about like the number of souls that there are and the number of possibilities and how are we so connected to think that, there are some that really do come and stay with us uh, and recycle in. Sometimes it's a pet, right? They come through as a pet as opposed to an actual individual. So yes. be yes. nice to every soul you meet because you just <laughs> never know what they're doing. The golden rule. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I like that. Yeah. So we make these soul contracts with our soul family to incarnate, to learn lessons, but we got free will. We have free will and free will is exactly what it sounds like. It gives us the ability to make choices to do whatever, right? Um, and we've said this before, I'm going to always keep throwing you guys back to some of our other episodes where everything is a choice, including how I'm finishing this sentence. So free will is so powerful it overrides everything it overrides your astrological signs it overrides your soul contracts your karmic lessons your karmic cycles you know your soul family etc um so all i say is if you've got love in your heart and you're coming from that place and looking to manifest that your free will should always will always take you in the right direction yes and i'm going out on a limb here vosh but i must share a rush lyric with you. Oh, do it. Okay. And it's called Free Will. And it goes like this. <laughs> yes, you'll be doing the music in the background. But it's so perfectly phrased. You can choose a ready guide from some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears or kindness that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. So I think that. Here we are again. Like that was really emotionally charged that's for you so because. Appropriate. Yeah. And you froze again and again. Uh, look, all I'm saying is your energy was so connected to that and it was really beautiful. It all came out. So I trust that everyone was able to hear that and get that um, because I thought it was really lovely and it was everything that we were just talking about. You've got free will, use love. I especially love that you could kill with love. That's, you know, <laughs> that was particularly interesting. I love that. Yes. <laughs> the dark side. 
But today we got to talk about soul contracts, which And you've frozen again. Are but agreements that we make before and the people that we will encounter, even the idea that we choose our So uh, I am going to go ahead soul and family that help and that thing blacking out is 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 making me sad. It is, but I can tell that you're extremely passionate about what it is you're 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 saying. So we have talked about soul contracts or sacred contracts and how we co-create uh, that super sacred connection by use of our soul family, that we choose our parents, that we have people in our world circulating around us that have been with us for a while, that may be part of our soul family. They could be soulmates. We've even talked about- uh, Lifetime after lifetime, we connect with those folks. And we even talked about twin flames that in a lot of ways, if you can find a sexy soulmate, you might just be better off. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the takeaway for today. That is the <laughs> takeaway for today. No doubt. Sexy soulmates only. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Tammy. Okay. Uh, uh, it's an easy question. Because you know we're we're really close to the end of the show, and we really did want to talk about magic. Um, my thought here is that if we go into magic, there may not be enough time to really give it the service that we would like to give it. Should we so table maybe, that? Yeah, I think we can. But I think that we could at least um, give a little tease that magic happens when we pay attention to these things, and when we notice the goodness that opens up the window for more magic to come in. We can make the magic. You want to give the definition of magic so they know okay. what to look out for? There okay. it is right there for you. Alrighty then, here we go. <clears throat> to be bigger. Well then that, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, magic is the power of influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces, which we have already told you are words. <laughs> words and energy are part of what help you create magic. And we really want to go into that a lot further with you. Um, so you're going to have to tune into another episode of Spiritual Diner to get that. But we're going to be sharing that because my life purpose is to help people realize their magic. And their magic is spelled T-H-E-I-R and T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E that they are magic and that they have magic. So we'll yeah. be going into that a lot more. Yeah, we'll talk about. Well, it seems that we have come to the so end. What it leads to, it's all good. Okay, technology yeah. gods. <laughs> no, right? And well, the, it, you know, the last thing about magic though, and we'll talk about it more later, but it's when we put our own power to make happen whatever we want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tammy, we have come to the end of another spiritual diner. And once again, this has fed my soul in so many different ways and forced me to think about my life, my relationships and my connections to people in an all new way. Yes. And please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. And if you can, tell a friend because we need more patrons at the Spiritual Diner. That is right. Um, you can find this live stream on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And then you can find it on uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and on Amazon Music, as well as a few other podcast platforms after the live stream is done. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate you sharing it with other people, rating it on Apple Podcasts, and sending us comments so that we know how to make Spiritual Diner even better for you. Tammy is frozen. It really helped me. Yeah, but that's okay. 
Okay. Well, on behalf of Tammy, I want to thank you all for tuning into the Spiritual Diner. I am Vosh Bodhi. For tuning into the Spiritual Diner. It's been great serving you this episode. Yes, it has been. I'm Vosh Bodhi. Please mark your calendars for the next episode of Spiritual Diner, where our topic will be the notion of us being spiritual beings, having a human experience, and all the power that comes along with that. Until next time, goodbye. Blessings. Thank you.